Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Good night. Um, <clears throat> I love being here, but it's a bit of a challenge too. <laughs> uh, from the aspect of, um, I, I thought I was going in one particular direction and really thought, oh, this is a good message, um, and well, it's just changed all of that, so we'll probably move that across to tomorrow and see that. Anyway, I've written two books. Um, my first book was Fascinated by Heaven on Earth. The second one is Who Let the Joy Out? Um, and the <laughs> Who Let the Joy Out? <laughs> 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 um, and so um, they're down the back, uh, $10 each or a special deal for you, two for 15 Um, so please just bear with me because I have no idea where I'm going. Uh, yeah, it will be. <laughs> I, um, I think it was yesterday, um, I, I heard something that can sometimes be... A, you know, a bit of a cliche, you know, we're really good at taking particular things off the scriptures. Sometimes I'm really getting stuck on something and can make it sort of cliche-ish. Um, but I kept hearing for such a time as this. And I, I got stuck on it and I was just declaring for such a time as this, for such a time as this, for such a time as this. Now that makes sense now. Right after, really, you know what what we were hearing today, and um, I, I, I want to sort of follow some of those sorts of things. So, is that okay? Yeah. It's too bad I've got the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's see where we go with some of this. Um, Will, uh, here's a word for you. Um, it's from uh, 1 Samuel 16 and um, uh, verse 18. Um, and then it says this, Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I've seen a son of Jesse, right? well, a son of Levi, uh, the Bethlehemite, and this is this is what it says about this particular guy, but it's what it, what the Lord says about you. The next part, okay? Who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. <laughs> and the Lord is with him. Right, and so this is, this is talking of David, right? So a character, a really good um, character character study for you would be on David, because there are so many attributes and so many things and lessons in relation to David that you need to take hold of, because there really you could I, I I would be so bold as to say that there's really that heart of David, the spirit of David that's upon you. So the sort of exploits that David did are the sort of exploits that you will do, right? I mean, there are Goliaths that you're going to bring down that no one else can bring down, like giants. Um, there are, there are um, influences like David, so influential with the mighty men and raised those men that were rejects of society, you know, that nobody else believed in or whatever else. So who was skillful in playing, 
a mighty man of valour, a man of war, prudent in speech and a handsome person. And the Lord is with you or with him. So I, I would, if I was you, I would take that, begin to talk to the Lord about each of those sections and then do a study, character study on David and, and begin to possess some of those sorts of things and some of the lessons that he's learnt, some of the lessons that he took hold of. Uh, um, so that should sort of keep you going for a few years. Um, Paul. Uh, the father really, 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 really loves the sound of yes coming out of your mouth. It, it does something for him. It really, it really delights him when he hears you say yes. So I saw this. Um, I saw this map, and um, on on the map, um, I saw Sandpoint, and um, I saw um, rings around the location of Sandpoint, and they were um, vibrating. They were sort of pulsating, and um, then I started to see the colour that was on the map that surrounded um, start to sort of creep out from the from Sandpoint and it started to just keep going out and it was, it was the colour purple. And uh, I, I felt like I, I was hearing the Lord saying that Sandpoint uh, is destined to be a, not the only one, but a epicenter of revival. Yes, Lord. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll say it again. Because um, really, it's sort of. That sort of prophetic word desires a little bit more than, oh, yeah, that's good, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I saw this map. <laughs> See, now you've got it. That's why Paul came up and talked about birthing. Uh -huh. In fact, actually, that's why he's here in Sandpoint. That's right. So you better just keep that in mind because you're not really supposed to go. Just saying, Paul. Not until you're sent. Out of the unusual is going to come the impossible. Yes. Right? Now, if you are a sort of person that likes to keep doing what you've always done, but expecting a different result, then you're going to be disappointed. Because if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. But most of us still want to keep doing or have what we've always had. So in order to have something different than you've had before, you have to do some things different than you've done before. But most of us want to stay within the comfort of what 
church looks like or life looks like or what a meeting looks like. I don't think I've ever done a a gathering such as this at 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. It's unusual. Right? I mean, it's still light outside. (laughs) But I want to tell you that the sort of revival that God is wanting to do here is what I thought I heard him say. It was a structural revival. It was a reviving of structures. And that one of the major things that will be highlighted out of here, because I think there's going to be different, there's going to be a number of revivals that are going to happen um, around um, um, the country. And they will be different of nature, but they will have a revival sense to it. You know, it's like they, they, are, they are changing um, so much that they are close to reformation. And, uh, and the, the one I think I really felt like the Lord saying the one here um, will be that uh, one of the major things will be impossibilities uh, are just possible. Yeah. Like things that everybody else, including the people that are in the midst of praying, would think this is impossible. But God is just showing up to, to do some things that uh, seemingly impossible. Some of you are here because you're not understood anywhere else. And there's more on the way. Because I feel like the Father's saying, I am fed up with toleration. I am a God of celebration. And I am tired that my children are being tolerated. I am tired that my children are tolerating other children. And I want them to start celebrating. So as you celebrate, there are more people that are going to come and join your celebration. Right? They're already starting to move. And there are more coming who will say things like, I didn't ever think it was possible to be like this. I didn't believe it was possible to be something like this. So one of the things that you guys particularly here are going to get to do is to demonstrate what it looks like to be a family. I mean, really, what it looks like to be a family. Not something that's talked about, but something that is expressed. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love for all the saints, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, this is Paul talking in Ephesians, right? Um, And it's for everybody, 
But in particularly, I love it how God can take something that's meant for everybody and apply it to individuals in a greater measure than it's for everybody. Do you know what I mean? So that he's taking it and he's saying, listen, I want you to realize that you're going to have a spirit of wisdom that others don't have. Or have to the degree that's around about you. And a revelation in the knowledge of him than others have. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And that's the key thing. It's the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes, your eyes, your ability to be able to see. And it's the point. Jesus, I, I, you know, I think Jesus healed more blind people than anything else. And we hear him saying and quoting from places like Isaiah says, you've got eyes, you've got eyes, but you don't see. And then saying things like, now, what you need to do is to seek first the kingdom of God. I think that um, in every in every meeting, every teaching, conversations, I keep coming back to a particular scripture or a particular concept. That Jesus first said right at the very beginning of his ministry. He said this. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And my view of that is that the kingdom is so close that you can reach out and touch it. But you can't see it. The reason you can't see it is because you don't recognize or you haven't changed the way that you see. The way that you think about something and therefore you can't see. Right? So we know that what? We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so Jesus talks so much about seeing. The Bible talks so much about seeing. So therefore seeing seems to be the issue. Paul said that there was coming a time that eyes, that you've, you've not seen things, but you're going to see them. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has entered in the heart of man. The things that God has stored up for you, got ready for you, in there for you. So it's really an important thing is how you see. What's your perspective? I'm sure you've heard of the term um, deja vu. We went through a time when you ever said you couldn't say that in a church. Right? It's like, get out of here. Um, but we come to realize that, that whilst there's, a, there's a, a version of that or, or a work of that that we would say is more new age, there's a, very much a truth in that uh, from a prophetic point of view. So deja vu means that you see something that you've not seen. Right? You go into a place and it's like, I've been here before. Well, your spirit has been, and you're just catching up with it. Right? Deja vu. Now, there's an opposite of that, and that opposite is called vujeda. <laughs> right? It's a real word. It's French, of course, as deja vu is vujeda. Now, vujeda is that you've seen something that you're very familiar with, But you see it from a different perspective. You see it with new eyes, fresh eyes. Right? Vujayda. We're in a Vujayda time. We're in a Vujayda time where we'll see things that we're familiar with. But God says, now let me just give you a different perspective. Let me show you this with fresh eyes. So if you're unwilling to move, if you're unwilling to change how you see something, then you're going to be like the people at Nazareth in the temple, in the synagogue, when Jesus comes in and starts teaching. And he's teaching and everyone's like, wow, we've never heard this teaching before. This is amazing. Like, I mean, people who would normally sleep in the back rows, 
sorry for the people in the back rows today, but the people that would normally sleep uh, came alive because of the teaching, the life, the, the excitement, the things come alive when Jesus was teaching. And all of this was wonderful until somebody recognized who was speaking. And when they recognized who was speaking, they brought all that was about him back down to what they were familiar with. And so all the faith was sucked out of the room and Jesus was not able to do what he intended to do there. And so it does make a difference where you see things from. We're in a Vijay Da time. It's time to, to look at some things and ask God, show me a different perspective on it. Now, one of my favorite... Uh, scriptures, one of my favorite concepts, one of my favorite stories that I've been on this for a long time is Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat um, in 2 Chronicles um, has been out changing things, moving things in the land, etc., etc. Doing a great job, putting justice in place and pulling down the, all, the, all the stuff. And he comes back and um, somebody says, oh, I love it when somebody says something. Somebody said, the enemy is coming. And in fact, it turns out the enemy is coming. So Jehoshaphat does everything that he knows to do. He creates calls of fasts, gets in and prays, reminds God that he's done this before. All the, all the things that he knows to do, he gets into just wanting to get a solution from God or an answer from God what he was to do. And in the end, God says to him, this fight is not yours. And everybody's been claiming that ever since. <laughs> but seriously, they said, this fight is not yours. Then he says to him this. Right? He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Now, position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For a long time, I, I was, I've been stuck on that position yourself. Stand and see. And it, came, it really became clear to me that God was saying, position yourself in the revelation. Position yourself in the revelation that I brought you, in the prophetic word, in the very thing that I've given to you. Position yourself in it. <clears throat> now the king has been used to directing every battle. Coming up with a strategy, organizing the, organizing the armies, where they go, who does what, all this sort of stuff. That's what the king does. And now he's been told that this fight is not his. This strategy is not his. This war is not his. This battle is not his. And so the king has to position himself in the revelation from a very different place. <coughs> he has to see what's coming the battle that's coming from a completely different place. So you just imagine the king's... Now, um, this battalion... Uh, can't do that. Uh, give me... <laughs> Why? Because he's learning to stand in the revelation from a different perspective than he's ever done before. He's coming in alignment with the Word of God. He's coming into alignment with the Word for this season, for this time. And to be able to, and has to see what is coming ahead. And of course, you know the rest of the story, they send the worshippers out. Hmm, what are they going to do? You know, like hit them over the head with a guitar or... <laughs> it's not the strategy that you would determine but it's God's and it works so the, the, the king has to see what God has said through this word and, and position himself in it so let me just mess with you and, and some thinking you ready? Hopefully you'll still like me at the end of this. 
Ah. I just, I just want to, I just want to mess with it because I, I'm going through some of this. So you know, it's hot off the press. Let me just put this to you. There's no such thing as darkness. There is no such thing as darkness. It's just the absence of light. Now you can argue with me. Stick around for a little bit longer and I'll show you darkness. No, you will show me the absence of the light. Well, look, let me take you in the room with the light on and I'll turn the light off and it'll become dark. And then you'll see darkness. Yes, I'll see darkness, but it's still the absence of light. Darkness is not created. Light was created. Let there be light. Jesus said, I am the light. He said, you are the light. It's created. So light is created. So when you remove light, you are left with darkness. <coughs> now, we got that? Okay. So let me say to you, there's no such thing, no such thing as lack. Just the absence of abundance. Now, you can say to me, I can show you lack. Let me show you my bank statement. No, it's just it's the absence of abundance. So lack was never created, right? Abundance was. God is abundant. In fact, in Deuteronomy, it says this, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. So because you didn't serve me with joy and gladness, so the opposite of that obviously was like you were just groaning and moaning and complaining. Why? Why were you doing that? Because you weren't recognizing abundance. So you must be Recognizing lack. Right? So it says, Because you didn't serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness heart for the abundance of everything, therefore, right? You really always need to ask what therefore when you say, Oh, therefore. What's therefore? You shall serve your enemies. Now, when you look at this, it's, it's not actually saying, I'm going to now put you over the enemies. It's, I'm going to actually remove my. Remove my covering so that the enemies start to have authority over you. Whom the Lord will send against you. That whole concept there is not translated as well as it could be. And it puts it onto the Lord. So now the Lord's going to do this. No, he's actually going to remove his hand so that the, en- at the enemies can, will now have authority over you. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to have hunger, thirst nakedness and in need of everything so let's just talk about hunger hunger is the lack of what okay thirst is the lack of water 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 nakedness is the lack of and in need of everything is the lack of everything so what what is happening here god is saying listen because you didn't acknowledge that abundance is my character and nature, and you didn't serve me with a joy and gladness of heart for my character, for my nature, for the created thing. Therefore, you exalted lack, and you were focused on lack, and you complained about lack, and you live from lack. Therefore, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you were worshipping, in effect. You see, there is no such thing as lack. It's just, the, it's just the absence of abundance. Now, the difficulty for all of us is that we are taught through our whole life from nothing to something. We are taught, we are established in from trying to get something. Oh, if we could just get this, if I, can just, if I could just make a million dollars, if I could just get this, if we could just get this. And so we're so busy trying to get that we don't have any time in trying to release. And one of the strategies of the enemy is to convince us 
that we have to work for something that we already have. One of the strategies of the enemy is to convince us that we need to work and work harder for something that we already have. <clears throat> it's probably a good idea for me to say it again. Um, <laughs> One of the strategies of the enemy, and it happens more often than you realize, is that he will have us working for, trying harder to get something that we already have. So that the plan of God is instead of us trying to get, trying to get, trying to get, is to start to cooperate with him and start to ask him, how do we release what is in heaven? Well, how do we bring from heaven to this place here onto earth. And as long as you are focused upon what you don't have, then you won't be able to steward what you do have. <coughs> as long as we are convinced that we don't have something. Like, you, you know, I talk with people and say, well, this is, and I prophesy. And they say, but I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I couldn't do that. That's the whole point. Of the prophetic word. I've been in places where I've prophesied, you know, healing on somebody's hands, and I've come back there and I said, So much for your word. Why? Well, everybody got sick all around about me. That's the point of the word. That you had healing in your hands, you were supposed to be one releasing the healing. But the focus was everybody got sick. <sighs> like, hey, you fight with the prophetic words. Right? So it makes a difference where you are positioned from. Remember Jehoshaphat? He was to be positioned from this is not your fight. So it makes a really significant difference when you recognize wait a minute. I'm already seated in heavenly places. All, all the resources are mine. Father, how do I see this? How do I unlearn these years of trying to get, 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 get? And how do I be in, cooperate with you so that we can have some ways of being able to release, release from heaven to earth? Now, please don't ask me for all of those strategies because I'm still working on it. Now, you can actually take this thinking. There's no such thing as sickness. I could say this. There's no such thing as sickness and disease. It's just the absence of health. Right? He is the healer. So if you come from this place, then you are looking at how do I create health in my life? What are the things that I need to do to cooperate with health? What do I need to do to put my body into a place that it's a place of position of health? How do I cooperate with that? I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a heart issue. And um, um, I have um, what's called an aortic aneurysm. So it means that the aorta has become bigger than it should be. Right? Not, anyway, so I've been asking the Lord. I've been cooperating with people who can give me some help and to actually cooperate with health and healing to my body, right? I'm believing God. I'm having people lay hands on. I'm, I'm praying for anybody that needs healing so that I can also get healing, right? That's a good key. So I'm, I want to be a releaser of health into my body, into other people's body. Let me tell you, I'm trying to let you, I'm trying to communicate to you how significant it is to have a perspective on, on things that is God's perspective, right? How vital it is, how it changes things. Joshua and Caleb, with 10 other spies, were sent into the promised land. God had told all of them. He had told all the people, including the, the 12 spies, that he was giving them the land. 
the land was theirs. Right? The promised land. So the 12 go in, they all see the same things, but only two of them come out with a positive report. We can take this land. Ten of them came and convinced the whole nation not to go in there. Because it says that they appeared to be like grasshoppers in the sight of the people. They were, they were in a place of, we are, can't do this. We are too small. We are too insignificant. It's impossible for us to do this. Now, what was the difference? Well, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they were mighty men. Yes, they were. But what was the fundamental difference? The fundamental difference was that Joshua and Caleb believed God and were convinced that the land was theirs. So when they went into the promised land, they did not go into the land to see how they could take the land. They went in to see where they were going to put the Walmart. Huh? The other ten went in to see how they could take the land. And because they went in to see how they could take the land, forgetting that God said the land was theirs, they went in in their own strength. <coughs> and they positioned themselves in their own abilities. That's why they came back and they said, we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Why? Because their position was, we have to do this somehow. Somehow we've got to make this happen. And we can't do it. Joshua and Caleb says, God said the land is ours. We've got the land. We've gone in there. We picked out our home spots. We picked out where everything is going, including where the Walmart's going. We're all set. We come. We could do this. See how? See the difference, right? Two of them tried to try to let everybody else know we can do this, but everybody was persuaded by the ten who went in with the wrong view who were positioning themselves in a place of, we, we can't do this. And so that whole nation, that whole generation died off. So when Joshua and Caleb came back out and told everybody, they actually tore their clothes. Now, that act was said, we're not, we're not just agreeing to disagreeing, you're dead. Like, this is so wrong. We, they tore their clothes and separated themselves. In fact, those ten... Um, nobody really remembers who they were. And they were, not long after, they were dead. And then the whole generation that went with them died off, but Joshua and Caleb didn't. <laughs> there is something that happens when you're convinced about what God has said. When you're convinced. When you start to see from his perspective, when you start to see. So I want to say to you today, there is, a, there is a shift that is taking place today. When you walked into this place, you came to attend um, a meeting, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to leave out of here different. Not only because of all what's going to, what has happened, but you're going to leave out of here differently. So I would like to um, help you leave here differently. And it has to do with where you see things from. This is not something that you can do, but it's something that God wants to do for you if you'll let him. If you'll come into a place of agreement. Somebody said um, today, talked about fear. <clears throat> and I want to say to you, another way of seeing that is that if perfect love casts out all fear, right? So that when you begin to see that fear is an invitation for you to step into the love of God. It removes you from the place of, oh, I've got to, I've got to deal with this fear. So when you, you say, I've got to deal with this fear, I've got to deal with this fear, what are you doing? You're magnifying the fear. But if you see, oh, that's, that's an invitation, that's a signpost, that's a sign 
that God's got some more love for me to step into, and you start to step, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going after it. What are you magnifying? The love of God. And it's perfect love that casts out all fear. There are so many things that God says, I want to turn the tables on. In, in, in the book of Acts, it said this, these are the people that turn the world upside down. That's what God is doing in this Vujay Da time. He's turning things upside down so that we actually see the correct perspective of them. So if you went from this place today to say, Sam Point, epicenter of revival. But will you? But will you? But you should do. Because I was at a youth event last night called Riot, which stands for Revival in Our Time. There's a generation that already seems to have it. Okay, so this is what I want to do. Um, I want to pray a prayer um, over you. Right? And I, I, and I would like you to participate with me in the prayer. Some of you have been around when I've done something like this. So I'm going to pray, pray and I, I need your agreement in it. So I will stop at times and say, do you agree? And I would like you to be enthusiastic and intentional about agreeing with it. Now, if, you're, if you don't agree with it, that's fine. Just stay quiet, right? But, but so, so, so be true to it. So, yes, I can agree with that, right? You know, sometimes prayers are prayed and we need to agree with it, but we have a trouble with it. That's when you do spiritual warfare, which is operating in the opposite spirit, and you grab hold of it and say, I'm agreeing with that, even though everything is going off inside of me saying, no, don't do that. Come on. Right? Yeah. So I believe that this praying this prayer over this time is actually going to change something in your eyesight, yeah. spiritual and physical. Yeah. So you Ready? Such a time as this, okay, you're being positioned and you are intentionally positioning yourself in the prophetic word that enables you to begin to see what God is up to, right, like Jehoshaphat. And some of you are in here, and maybe I'll talk a little bit more about it, but for, for, for Harvest Valley here in particular, um, <clears throat> The, the major word um, I would want to say to you is that God wants to take you into places of abundance. And in order to do that, you're going to have to see from abundance towards lack. Right? You're going to have to start asking God, what's the revelation? What's the understanding so that I can see from heaven towards earth? From abundance towards lack. As long as you try, come from this place of lack trying to touch uh, abundance, you, you, it's, it's, it's a losing battle, right? Because that's not what we're designed for. Lack is not created, right? It's the result of the absence of abundance, right? So I want to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask you to... So can I ask you to stand? I mean, I'm asking you to stand. I, I can ask you, but... So I'm going to pray a section. I'm going to ask, do you agree? And I would like you to be enthusiastic. I agree. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Now, um, why am I asking you to be enthusiastic? Because I want you to be intentional. I want, I, want you to, I want you to shake something off in that agreement. I want you to possess it like it's exciting, like it's new, like it's fresh. Ready? Uh, 
Father, we come to you today in uh, such a time as this. And I pray right now for physical and spiritual eyes to see. And I release today the power to heal blindness that exists that you don't even realize you have. Like Jesus said, having eyes but can't see, there is now coming a power from heaven to heal completely. Do you agree? I break hereditary blindness. I break sight issues and distorted vision, both in a spiritual sense and a practical expression. Do you agree? I agree. I terminate assignments, agreements, vows, covenants, promises, and decisions that limit the operation of vision made by you or on your behalf by those, uh, by ancestors and generational, um, uh, and by generations. Do you agree? I terminate words spoken over you that you were short-sighted, that had the effect of limiting or controlling your ability to be able to see and particularly see from a visionary point of view. Do you agree? I agree. I break off you any demonic influence over vision and sight in your life. Do you agree? I release today fresh new vision and ability to be able to see. Do you agree? I agree. I bring healing to your eyes now. I bring restoration of sight and correction of vision. I deal with colored blindness. I I deal with short-sighted and long-sightedness. I deal with stigmatisms. I deal with any issues of the eyes physically and spiritually um, that are in effect limiting the ability to see. Do you agree? I agree. I declare that from now, from today, from this day, you will see things differently. You'll be astounded at how clear your vision is, how clear you see revelation and promises. Your default settings will today have been changed from negative to positive, from, uh, from bad to good, from empty to full. And you will know how to get, and you, will, and you will forget and not know how to get back into your default settings and to put them back to where they were. <laughs> Do you agree? And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for, take your hands and put them on your actual eyes. So, Father, we thank you that on our eyes, that some things are changing, some things are happening as we have declared today. We receive fresh vision, fresh eyesight, an ability that, 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 Father, there is such a, a change that could happen in no way, shape or form from anything other than your hand touching our eyes. The hands that we put over our eyes are like the hands of Jesus on our eyes. Father, we receive that. We receive it. Father, we receive such health, such healthy vision. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we receive today fresh revelation to what it is to live from an abundant place, an abundant mindset, an abundant experience towards lack. Even though for years and years and years we've been taught the opposite. That this place, Harvest Valley... Worship center in Sandpoint. 
Father God, this place being this geographical location would be known for a people who understand living from the place of abundance towards lack. It would increasingly be the place that is not influenced any way, shape or form by what's happening in the rest of the nation. That there would be um, a very obvious prosperity, a very obvious uh, abundance that is happening that defies logic, that defies what's happening anywhere else because there's people that have learnt to live from heaven towards earth, from abundance towards lack, and lack is getting so beat up, that lack is getting so targeted, Father God, that lack is being chased out, that it just doesn't exist because there is such an evidence of abundance. Just as light goes, when uh, darkness goes, when you turn the light on. So, Father, I'm going to thank you today for every person that is here, for this time that we've had in this place. Father God, for the healing that you did. And uh, Kevin was right. Some people got healed today uh, because of the joy that was released. Right? Your, your, some joints were, were actually came into health. Right? Some joints, uh, particularly joints. I saw inflammation in joints just, just, just clear up, just, uh, just go. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for healing. We thank you for this time together. Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.